Well, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time it may be, wherever you are. My name is Craig Hagan, and you're listening to Raymond's Weekly Podcast. I'm sitting here with my co-host, T-Mac, Tony McKinnon, on a wonderful September day. The Rama students are back on campus. Yes, this place has been buzzing this week. It's exciting. Have have them back. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, obviously we're we're actually up in our enrollment this yes, year. Yes, yes. And so we're excited about, um, you know, it's not just youngsters. I mean, it's people of all, all ages. ages. And we, and a lot of even uh, on uh, the the day that we did registration for second and third year, uh, talked to several individuals that had graduated second year many many years ago. And the Lord had dealt with them to come back. It was pretty interesting. And and for yeah. our listeners out there, Rama is basically a two-year school with a third-year option. Um, most people are taking what what do we call the the hmm. I call it core, but we it has a a real no, name. I had to think ministry fundamentals. Ministry fundamentals the first two years, and then th- you know so you you actually get your diploma at that, and then if you decide to go and and study path you know third-year pastors, third-year missions. Um, third year student ministries, um, third year biblical studies, biblical studies, and that, you know if, if you take three years of biblical studies, you'll actually study every every book of the Bible. But if you want to find more information about Raymond Bible Training College, rbtc.org, if you'll just go there, give us your name, your email, and your phone number, we'll instantly send you a digital packet, and then we'll um, have one of our student ambassadors give you a call, talk to you about Raymond, um, try to invite you to our college weekend, or tr- sometime come on campus. And we're accepting applications right now for our spring enrollment, spring of 2023. And so um, some of you might be ready to go. You can go rbtc.org, and you can register. I mean, you can fill the application out today. Yeah, and I'll, then, I'll, then when you get here, I'll call you a springer. A springer? Springer. That's what I call them, springers. Yeah, it's pretty awesome because we've actually already accepted You know, we Last yeah. year we had our – because we just started spring enrollment a couple of years ago. And last year we had our biggest class, 60 um, students came in in the spring – because that's been something new that our college didn't allow. It was always the fall. But we've already accepted 60 students. We're right at 58, I think, for this spring. Mm-hmm. So, that's awesome. so we're pretty excited. But anyway, um, you know, God's doing under, wonderful things. And, um, you know, it's always a sign to have the students here back on campus. Yeah. Well, today's special guest is Cliff Graham. Cliff has been on the program, I guess, last year um, sometime. And, and uh, he was in town, and we were like, hey, Cliff, you want to be on the program? He goes, well, I'll pray about it. No, he, he said, <laughs> absolutely. Cliff is one of, one of my best friends in life, and you know, it's good to have you, Cliff. It's good to be here. Yeah, so Cliff, um, you know, tell us about you know, what you do for, for those people maybe that didn't listen to you last year. I mean, I know you're a, you're a, I'm not sure you're a traveling minister, but you do all kinds of campaigns uh, overseas. And Cliff is everywhere. It's just interesting. You never know where in the world. It's like Waldo. Where, where in the world is Cliff? You know, so. He's kind of like the CIA sometimes. He's covert <laughs> yeah. ops. More true than you'd know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, sure. that is true. I could be on the first class of a plane or taking a bus across Nepal or a little Nevet in Monaco or driving from South Carolina to Tulsa like last week. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Cliff was um, he's involved in some extreme sports and stuff. I mean, you know. And things like that. So tell 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 everyone what you do for some people who don't know you, Cliff. Well, first and foremost, I would I would lift up uh, the office of an evangelist or the gift of an evangelist because that's our strongest heart. And it's funny, I was on a plane. Uh, maybe it was yesterday. Maybe it was yesterday. And uh, this lady sat next to me, and she was telling me about her degree and what she did. And finally, I got talking to her about the Lord, and I thought, you know, a lot of us 
we, our life is defined with our job or our family or whatever. And then, and I have to be real careful how I say this, then at the end, we almost have Jesus as our hobby. Mm. But really what the Lord told us to do was have Jesus as our life. And then whatever we did was our secondary thing, even though, of course, I know we've got to live, we've got to eat, we've got to pay for the clothes, we've got to do all that kind of stuff. But she, she added it in at the end, and she'd been to a, a university that was Christian, and um, I got talking, and finally I got telling her about what God was doing in my life, and she started to say, praise God. But if I would have never mentioned it, and I thought, how many of us mm. think uh, secondary, you know, like how Billy Graham used to say, uh, many of us, we have our lives, we're on the seat, and then Christ is somewhere floating around the side of us with our families and our jobs and our our pets and whatever, and then he turns it all around and he says, no, Christ is supposed to be the center, Jesus is supposed to be the center. So, but first of all, we, we um, our heart is to reach the unreached. In And I, I sat under a guy in Hawaii, he now runs a comp- uh, ministry called uh, Surfing the Nations, Humanitarian and Christian, and he said, he has this little plaque, I've got it somewhere, a little placard in my bag, and it says, Lord, send me to the deepest, darkest, gnarliest places of the world that we're surfers. And he says, so that I can tell the people who are the most unloved and unwanted about Jesus Christ. So for me, I, 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 my brain kicked into this on that plane flight. I thought, no, every thought, I, I, know, it's, I know it's not easy, but every thought should be, how can I reach the lost? Mm. How can I reach the lost? And, um, and I went to tell my wife yesterday, she picked me up at the airport, and she's like, how come you always just immediately go right to your business? And I'm thinking, because that's my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's it. And I, I hope it doesn't sound overboard, but thankfully, I'm not an overboard person. But I'm bummed. That's not true. <laughs> I, w- I was an overboard surfer when I lived in Hawaii. My whole life rotated around it. Then when I came to Bible school, somehow I, lo- I believe that God likes people who are all one way and nothing can stop them because if he can get a hold of them and turn them on for Jesus, they will go all one way and nothing can stop them. I think Paul was like that. I really believe Paul was so consumed with Judaism before he came to Jesus. And then when, when he turned him around, he was just totally consumed with Jesus almost to the point where it just seemed impossible for him to overcome the day-to-day circumstances. And like, like uh, Pastor Hagen was talking about last night, the things he endured, most of us would never want to endure, but he was so focused on what he was doing that nothing could stop him. So uh, first of all, I, I'd say we cooperate with the Holy Ghost and the gift of evangelist. And then I do believe we have other stuff. You know, we, we do travel and speak. Um, but I want to get to the craziest places, to the deepest and the darkest places, and share Jesus Christ because he radically changed my life when I was Kihei, Maui, Hawaii, and Kamalitu in, um, in uh, Hawaii. And I said, whatever you are, whoever you are, you must have created a plan for my life. And I, I want to run with that plan, but I tried to negotiate with him. If you were listening to the last podcast, you know this is a little rehash. I said, I don't want to go to church, but the rest of it I'll do whatever you want. Well, and I think I said this with us. I said, we're the people who are in the church the most, so don't try to negotiate with God. I just guarantee you he'll always, he'll always win. 
but he will take whatever you give him. Anyway, so there we go. So that's us, unisonharvest.com, preaching the gospel all around the world. I've only been to like 50-something countries. My oldest daughter's only hit 30 countries. So I got another 140, 50, depending upon CIA or the world Factbook, who you want to reach out to. So I, I've got a little ways work left to go. Now, you, you um, do a lot of things with youth, right? I mean, yes. that's, that's kind of like your heart. Yes. You know, since you are a young man. <laughs> I am a young man. <laughs> so you, you do a lot of crusades and things like, you know, open air crusades, right? Over, yes. Like, so we're talking about an India crusade you're working on right now. Yes, yes. Uh, I just actually did, um, in July, I, I worked with a man in north of Scranton, PA, and we did a motorcycle camp, like a motocross camp, not a motorcycle camp. I mean, we had five-year-olds doing jumps. We had these kids that were laying their bikes on the side because I wanted to cooperate with him for the Ray De, um, Desidero to be my chaplain. One is he can take apart every bike that was on the track. He's, he's still riding in his late 50s, and I, he was number two last year in his, in his class for his local area. And um, so I went and just did a motorcycle camp for three days. And this is not your mama's youth camp. I don't know if I can say it <laughs> a different way because I took pictures of five-year-olds on their little 50s and, and guys dropping off uh, dirt, uh, dirt jumps right in front of them. And their bikes are whizzing around. There's like 25 kids that were there and then the, the leaders. And you're, you're watching them ride their bikes, doing wheelies, doing the stuff. I thought, man, I'm just not sure if this is your normal protocol for youth events. But then when they come with me to India, they'll be doing jumps. The teams that we'll bring, the professionals that we'll bring, will be doing jumps 50 to 100 feet in the air. And it's just bait for me, bait yeah, to yeah. attract the young oh, yeah. people. So yeah, I, I do, I still surf. Uh, next week we'll be in California. And I'm actually trying to work on my pop-up because I realize if I'm going to have to surf with the big boys in this one area, they were telling me about this break called Mistos. And I'm like, man, I, I haven't ridden. I, can, I could probably paddle out in a gentle 10-foot wave. I know it, it probably sounds funny to the uninitiated. But if it's a pitching wave, I have to know how to jump up quickly. So guess what? This morning... I was showing Lexi, and I was like, Dad's working on his pop-up because I have to be able to jump up to be able to surf with him. From skiing and snowboarding and the other sports, my surfing's at an all-time high. But that original, that um, uh, initial pop-up is not as smooth as it used to be. Yeah, mine either. I'm usually, especially, <laughs> especially in the mornings before, before, before coffee. Right? Yeah, not popping up. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, let's just put it this way. I have seven stitches on my foot because my pop-up didn't work out real well in Waikiki one time. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm going to be with those guys at Mistos, and I will be jumping up because the rest of it, I feel like the rest of it's okay. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually ordering this thing called an Indo board that's on a roller, and you... Um, so a roller board? <laughs> well, no, it's, you stand on here. You, you put your hands on here, and then you pop up while it's rolling. I that's get the, that's I get way that. more dangerous. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I get that mastered. Uh, then I, I think, okay, uh, the Bible says not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought. I think I could be back out at least 15 to 20-foot waves. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I'll send you a picture. I'll send you a picture. Yeah, just text me. Yeah. <laughs> Have you come along? Well, no, I'll just, just, I'll look at, just send me a video. Okay. <laughs> Interesting thing about Cliff, I mean, he, you know, he's everywhere. So we were in Dubai together. He, he left his hat. And I kept the hat for like, I don't know, eight months or whatever. Then 
dropped it somewhere. I was wondering when we finally were able to get his hat back, and you just never know where you can run into Cliff. Halfway around the world it yeah. went. And yeah. if you remember, that was from Dukes. Yeah. Oh, no. Dukes it, on Kauai. You know, and, and I took, I personally took th- that hat to, because um, I never know where I'm going to run into Cliff. And so I went to um, Hong like Kong a, with it. Like and, a dead drop. Yeah, I went to Hong Kong with it. <laughs> then I went to, um, came back home, and then, then went back to um, Thailand with that hat. So I went around the world with the hat. Because you never know. I mean, you can show up in any country and Cliff will be there. So I'm like, I'm just going to keep this hat <laughs> until in, I run into Cliff. Just in case. Yeah. Well, if you remember, you were in Dubai. Uh, Joe Hernandez was in Dubai. You were speaking somewhere. I was – or you were speaking somewhere. Joe was speaking. Dr. Joe was speaking somewhere. But I had nothing to do. And if I have nothing to do, I'm on a plane. And if you guys remember, I said, guys, I've got nothing to do. So I'm going to jump on a plane to Hong Kong and via Delhi – and then I'm going to fly Hong Kong and then Guam, then Hawaii, and then get back home in California. And Craig texts me. He goes, well, we're talking. He says, hey, can I connect you with somebody in Singapore? I said, I've been to Singapore a bunch of times. He goes, all right, I'll send you to Gary Crowell at the time to Hong Kong. And he sent me the text, sent me the thing. And um, I was on a plane. I sat 10 hours in Delhi Airport and got in the lounge somehow. I, didn't, I wasn't supposed to get in the lounge. I had a little card, and I showed it to her. <laughs> I said, does this work here? She goes, no, it's not going to work here. But she looked around. She lets me in. So I got to feed for about 12 hours and sleep, get my time zone back. Anyway, so what happened is I was headed to Hong Kong, then Guam, then Hawaii, and then I went the other way around, you went the other way around, and somehow eight months later our paths connected again, and you hand me that that Duke's Hawaii, and you can't get that hat anymore. Yeah, I know, because I said, give me another one. <laughs> you can't get that one anymore. I'll look next time I'm in Hawaii. Yeah, cool. So anyway, what's been on your heart, Cliff? I mean, you know, you know as you – now, obviously, too, you know, COVID probably kind of hurt your travels a little bit, but, but, man, you've still been all over the world somehow, some way. <laughs> in February, I uh, – actually, in December, November last year, I was working on initiating a campaign in Uganda – and I had to meet with a guy in uh, campaign, uh, future potential campaign director in Hyderabad. And so I tried to get out of Birmingham, and I was having a problem with those little test things they were making you do, and I'd get one, and then I'd get another. It wouldn't come in time, so I'd switch the plane flight and do this. I couldn't make it out in, I think it was November. And then December, I tried again out of Charleston, and my ticket, my whatever happened, my 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 PCR test didn't cooperate, and I had an 11-hour layover in Newark and then a seven-hour layover here. And then finally, on the third trip, I was able to get out, and we connected. We ended up doing a, a campaign in Uganda. I brought 17 people from Mark Borsch Church in um, Boise, Idaho, and they came and assisted me so that we could launch this campaign in India, which will be, my heart is, 50 to 100,000 youth, motorcycle jumpers, skateboarders, and... Uh, these 17 people, I said, listen, I, I just need to make sure this man knows I pay my bills, how we cooperate with him. They brought 30 bags of donations for the orphanages and for the kids' schools and all this stuff. And they, I told them, I said, you guys made me look really good because I'm kind of like a bull in a china shop. You let me go, and I'm just going to get to the other side of the door and get out. And sometimes when there's people with me, it helps me slow down a little bit. And these people were excellent. Well, the whole goal was to complete the campaign. So we, I stopped in Germany on the way, and I met with a guy that I'd met at the opposite of South Korea. And you can figure that one out if you're monitoring this. <laughs> and he now lives in Germany. He picks me up in Munich. We drive to Berchtesgaden, which is the Austrian-German border. 
And he did let me drive the Land Rover Discovery at over 120 kilometers, no, 120 miles an hour, because you're allowed to do that. You are allowed to do that. I have done it in the past where I had to repent, but now it's legal to do it. And we end up leading one of our um, waitresses to Jesus, a Bavarian waitress, which is really unusual also because I don't think I was supposed to be in the restaurant because I didn't have the proper mm, things that you're supposed to have. <laughs> but because he knew her so well, she never asked us any questions. But we were able to lead her to Jesus because we prayed for her uh, significant other. He was in New York, and I think he had the virus. And we prayed for him. And he actually got healed a couple of days later. Praise God. But while she's there, she was so touched that these two, my friend is actually American, Argentinian, German, and we, that we were willing to pray with her that she broke down in tears, and we, we got to lead her to Jesus. Now, if you understand the German culture, and then the Bavarian culture is even a culture within a culture, it was amazing that she just broke down and, and just... Because they're very stoic. Very stoic, yeah. and she gave her heart to the Lord. Then we go to Dubai, and I connected with some people there. Thirteen people got born again. Then when I got to Uganda and met went up with the team, over 2,000 got born again. This is like in February, where people are not happy about traveling. I had five PCR tests, four continents, um, 12 days, and I didn't have those other things that you're supposed to have that people really like you to have. <laughs> not, listen, I'm not contentious about it. Yeah. If they ask me to have it, like one restaurant did ask me to leave in uh, some other land that I won't say, so I don't get in trouble <laughs> next time I get there. But um, I just... I'm a firm believer that God will give you the direction, very similar to Paul, where he endeavored to go to Bithynia and Asia Minor, and then he had the Macedonia call. The minute he had the Macedonia call, the night vision, he got up and he left. It said immediately, Luke says, immediately we endeavor to go to that place. So when I, I'm not saying everybody should do this, okay? I, uh, you have your walk with God, and some of us need to stay by the stuff, and some of us need to go into the battlefield. And if we both do our part, help send the people going in the battlefield or send back reports from the battlefield, the Bible says we're all going to get the same reward. Well, that's part of work. Yeah. What Paul talked about, working out your salvation. I don't think that's your redemption. It's your purpose. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's work good. Work it out. So yeah. my heart is wherever I am, somehow, possibly, how can I tell somebody about our Jesus? And then I'm a firm believer of closing. I'm a firm believer. Close the deal. Close the deal. Yeah. And so Jesus said in uh, Luke chapter 19, verse 10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. Now, not that we're just seeking, and I don't have a problem with just seeking, but I do believe that he was a closer. And when the opportunity came, I mean, I could tell you, I could tell you stories of two weeks ago where you would think I'm making it up, okay? <laughs> I'm at a relevant Hollywood movie star's house in Malibu. And I walk into a Bible study, and that morning when I was seeking the Lord, he gave me direction. I thought we we're going to go a different way. Came in, talked with this relevant movie star. He's in his late 70s, and um, it was a little different Bible study that you might be used to. Accustomed to. <laughs> Accustomed to. <laughs> we're all in the back of his house. We do kind of like a group hug kind of thing. But he did say, he did, he did have scriptures. I had my Bible, and this relevant movie star had two Bibles and at least two devotionals. Then there's about, the total was about 20 men. And we do kind of a group hug thing, but he prays over us and we sit down. And then almost like a pastor, he starts reaching out 
to minister to a couple of young men. You've been on my heart. What's going on? And, okay, I'm, I'm a minister. I mean, yeah. uh, we should be encapsulated with the Word of God where it's ready, always be ready to give a reason for the hope mm. that lies within you at any time. So I, I'm on the plane yesterday, and I was thinking, how do I tell this lady about my Jesus? And then I find out she's born again. But pretty much everywhere I go, I'm not saying everybody should be doing what I'm doing, but I do believe either send somebody who's doing it or be developing the ones who are already getting born again or staying back with the stuff and making sure everything's safe because we know what happened in Ziklag. When they were away um, doing what they needed to do during that time of year, nobody was there with the wives and children, and some other people came through and, and burned the places. So somebody has to stay back with the stuff. So anyway, so I'm in this Bible study. The man's reaching out. and Which, I, didn't you get to the Bible study because that afternoon you ran into that guy and he invited you or something like that? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so we've got to be careful of some of these. Yeah, we're not going to say who. We, we, yeah, we don't want to name drop. And so I show up and I'm watching this actor who trained under Jack Hayford. And so he, he's a, Jack Hayford's a Word of Faith man. Uh, he, you know, he's along our lines of our faith. And so I start watching him and he's talking to a young man, checking on how he's doing. And I watch him seem to check with the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. about what he's doing. So we asked him a couple questions. Well, I'm full. And I'm like, okay, God. But the problem is, is when you're the preacher showing up at the Hollywood movie star's life, everybody will look at me. I know you're going to help support my ministry. And I've learned, mm -hmm. I've determined. Uh, one time I was at a friend's house in, in uh, New York City. And I said, God, this time I go, let it not once concern me what they can do for me, not that I desire a gift, but that I desire fruit that may abound to their account. Yeah. And they lived in a $38 million penthouse. That was one of their houses. And I remember when I walked out of those people's house, they had been, their son had been one of my ski clients when I was a ski instructor in, in uh, Sun Valley. And when I walked out, I said, Lord, I didn't think once during that time of what they could do for me, but how I could lead him to Jesus. And I remember why I walked out and listen, I, I was like, okay, Lord, I, I did it that time. Now, what about my next time? Am <laughs> I going to, is my heart going to be correct enough? Mm. Because you, you want their, Paul said, I want their hearts. I want yeah. their souls. Not that I desire gift. Okay. Uh, come on. I'm a traveling minister, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. And I go, okay, I passed the test that time. Now, do I need to study up for my next test? Yes, we all need to study up for the next test. Anyway, so I'm at this Bible study in Malibu, and I'm watching him, and I'm like, he's really leaning on, on him, the Holy Spirit. And so I watch him, and I'm, I want to say something about everything. I, I know, I, I'm like Pastor Hagen. You know, Brother Hagen, they said, didn't talk much at all. In fact, I just let ABC, listened to ABCs of Faith, and they said Brother Hagen would sit in the corner, and Miss Aretha would be there, and someone would come over, and he was the pastor of the church. He wouldn't talk to anybody. I can tell you, I'm not guilty of that sin, okay? <laughs> <laughs> all right? So anyway, so I'm sitting here, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and finally the man <clears throat> addresses this one young man, and he was trying to say to him, Maybe this relationship isn't a great idea, and it blurts out of my mouth. Okay, I, was, I, said, I said the young man's name. I said, listen, this is an older man like a father figure, and he's trying to say you have a train wreck that's going off the edge of a cliff, and yes, when it goes off, we will all welcome you back in and forgive you and restore you back to this, but what happens if we can help you so that you don't go over the edge? And then I thought, all these eyes are on me. <laughs> 
I'm okay with it, just to be honest, I'm okay with it. <laughs> so then he goes talking to another young man who's a lawyer, and he was talking about last year, he was more concerned with Pepperdine, and as they're talking, he says, you know, I, I realized I wasn't in fellowship as much as I should have been last year, and then here this summer I'm doing an internship, and the internship I'm doing with, they're all Christians. And he said, I was amazed at the camaraderie, really, he was talking about the love of God that was in there, and he said, you know what, I've, I have to endeavor this year to be more focused on being involved with the body of Christ while I'm in college. I had great excuses why I didn't need to go. And then he said this, he goes, but I will say this, he goes, this profession that I've picked, I don't know if it's pride or what, he goes, it's the most boring job I could ever do. And he says, I'm not sure if I can come to terms with, maybe this is not what I'm supposed to do. This is what I thought I was gonna do, be a lawyer for the rest of my life, probably a high-powered lawyer. And then this man, the gentleman who's holding the Bible study, he said, you know, maybe you have to put um, this, you have to put this career on the altar, and then God's going to give it back to you, and he's going to let you use it for Jesus. And when he said that, once again, Cliff Graham, open mouth, I wasn't going to say insert foot, but I'm going to just, and I said, you know, so-and-so, I said, Abraham, had his only son or his son of promise. He had Ishmael, but he, he, there came a time in the Middle East where your son, your, your legacy is through your, your son, your family line. And, and I said, you know, he had money, he, he had a great name, but really who his, who his legacy was going to be was the most important thing. And when he didn't have a son, that was all his passion was wrapped up in. So for him to take a, um, Isaac carry him to the altar and lay him down on the altar, he was basically saying, you know what? You can have everything, God. And then God stops the angel from putting the, the knife into him. We know how that works. And he got his son back. And we know that was a type of Christ being sacrificed for all of us. And he didn't have to go through with it. But I said to this young man, I said, maybe this summer you realize you're going to give God your entire career, your entire life, and God is going to give it back to you. And I said before, the Bible said the Israelites had leanness of soul where they got what they wanted. And a lot of these men in this Bible study probably are telling, are thinking, man, I have whatever the world says is amazing, but I have leanness yeah, of soul. I yeah. can't, can't be for sure of this. And, uh, and I said, but when you give it back to God, he's going to give you full satisfaction, deep satisfaction. And then I testified. I said, you know, come only to... Kihei Maui, Hawaii, God spoke to me two things when I first got born again. He said, um, you're never going to drink again. I've never drank again. Not that I don't have anything against other people who drink. I, it's none of my business. God gave me specific directions. Then he said, the next person you're going to spend the night with is going to be your wife on your wedding night. And so I said, God just never told me it was going to be 14 years for my, for my <laughs> wife. I said, if he would have put that little caveat in there, I might have said, I don't think I can do what you're telling me to do. But I said, I kept that. And then I said to him, my daughter actually said, Dad, can I go to this Bible study with you? And I said, if you saw my daughter come in, you would say, oh, my gosh, how did God bless you with a family like this and a wife like this? And I said, because I laid it all on the altar. And so we get done, and all these men are looking at me, and I go, oh, God, Cliff Graham is here again, sir. You know, I'm talking to him about it. But I get done, and this other young man – or not young men, this other man jumps up who's getting married in a couple of days. He's um, midlife, pushing, 
pushing midlife. And he jumps up and he goes, man, who are you? He says to me, he goes, you got some serious mojo. (laughs) (laughs) And he's looking at me, he goes, you got some serious mojo. And I mean, everyone's looking there. We know it's him, the Holy Spirit. He's anointed those words and the gospel has come forth. And so he's like this, he jumps up and the man who's running the Bible study I watch him. I'd been watching him lean on the Holy Spirit to give words to this little flock, whatever you want to call it. He stands up. Everyone else is sitting down. He looks at the man. His name was Chris. He's getting married in like three days, two or three days. He looks at him. He says, Chris, look at me right now. They're standing right in front of me. It was almost to me like the evangelist had preached. And then he comes up to him and he says, Chris, look at me. He says, yes. And he says, Look me in the eyes. He says, yes. He says, say Jesus. He says, oh, Jesus. And he says, no, say what I'm saying. He says, I am. He said, no, say it like you mean it. (laughs) And he says, Jesus. And the other guy goes, oh, and he goes, no. This man says, if I told you who he was, he said, no. He said, only Jesus. He said, Jesus, come into my life. Wash me clean. I give you everything. And I sat there and I went, this is what it's all about, Lord. Mm. Even showing up at a random, quote unquote, Bible study and being prepared. And I walked out of that Bible study. I felt like Jesus getting up and reading the scroll of Isaiah. And then he, re- he reads it, you know, the Spirit of the Lord of God is upon mm. me. And, and, and we know that. And so he sits down and he closed the book. And I realized, okay, I'm a preacher. Second time I've been here. I think I just need to quietly step aside. So that somebody doesn't go, oh, you want to show your gift? I'm like, no, no, I want to win the lost. I want to seek and save, complete what Jesus said, seek and save that which is lost. And I truly believe, uh, like even Pastor Hagen said, I think it was 2013, he just said the veil of time is so small that I really think we should be consumed Whatever our position is, what, if we're working at McDonald's, if we're working at accounting firm, if we're lawyers, if we're doctors, if we're preachers, whatever it is, we should be consumed with telling people. I, it doesn't mean every day you're going to run into somebody. When I was a surfer living in Hawaii, every morning I woke up, I looked out 54 Kaimaho Street, Kuao, Maui, Hawaii. I looked out and I looked at the waves. Every single day, I looked at the waves. Every night, I did those 500 push-ups, 300 sit-ups. Every day, I looked at my surfboards. Every day, I was, and then I went and did the normal things. But every day, I was focused. Not every day did I go surfing. Not every day did I get in the water. Not every, but when the, when the time was there, I was prepared and I was ready. And I really believe it's a time for us, the body of Christ, to be focused to where we're like, Lord, let me hear your heartbeat. Let me hear your heartbeat because there's people all around me. And especially coming out of this pandemic, we were in France a month and a half ago or two months ago for my daughter's senior trip. And she goes, dad, please do not do any ministry while you're here. She was talking about, you know, booking meetings. And um, the French were the friendliest I've ever seen them because I think they've been isolated. And that's not normal, folks. And that's not normal. <laughs> ça c'est très vrai, hein? ça c'est vrai, right? And so when we were there, I was like so amazed. I get off the train, and see last time we got to speak a little French, so this time we'll have to. I get off the, we get off the plane, and we're getting ready to get the train. I said, je voudrais aller à la train au Nice. And the guy thought I'd read it out of a book, and I was like practicing yeah. my French. I want to train the Nice, by the way. Oh, there we go. <laughs> see, you're my interpreter again. And so I say this to the man, and the man kind of joking like, Oh, you're just trying to use your your language that you've just learned the standard phrase. I said, oh, no, no, no. I, and I started laughing, which is not normal. 
And I said, no, 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 moi je parle français plus bien de, you know, I was like, I'm speaking better French than that. Yeah. And he busted out laughing, which is so unusual. So I say that because I believe people's hearts. Because French don't really use it like Americans, you know. That, no, they don't. That's, they have, that's, that's, there's something against. There's a love-hate relationship. Yeah. They love us, but they love to not love us. We'll just be kind of. I mean, we're we're not we're, about, we're we not love you because of Normandy. We're not talking about the, the, <laughs> yeah, we're not talking to French Christians. We're talking about the people on the street. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, but stay away. Yeah. yeah. But so anyway, but please come and spend your tourist monies, which I'm totally fine. Yeah. You know, I, I, anyway, and their food is fantastic. Okay. I'm, I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> I, was, I was a surfer in Hawaii. I ate food for fuel. Then when I moved to the south of France, I was like, oh, my gosh, there is another thing to life. And I know Keith Moore probably would say, listen, food is just food. But the French food. No, it's an event. <laughs> <laughs> it's a literal event. Anyway, so when I got done, I, they were so, the, the word is gentil. They were so friendly. And I thought, if the French can be friendly to the Americans at the end, listen, the world is ready for us to harvest. Yeah. And that closing down for a period of time, almost like, you know, in Ecclesiastes, you know, there's a time for sowing, there's a time for planting, and there's a time for reaping. I really believe our focus should be um, uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with them. I really believe it's our time for our focus to be, let's harvest. Let's communicate to people. I, I went to Uganda just to prove to a man I could pay my bills, of course, to win the lost, and to bring a team with me. And I, I asked their pastor, I said, in like end of November, beginning of December, I said, hey, I'd really love to bring this team. He goes, well, they might go to two other kind of mission trips. I'm not sure if that's open to them. He calls me back three days later and said, Yes, they said they'd like to go with Cliff Graham to evangelistic outreach. They knew more about Uganda than I did. It wasn't on my radar at the time, but then, then we, we slated it for March, and then the, the campaign director called me and said, can we do this in February? And I was thinking, maybe he's hearing from God. Maybe they're going to shut down again. I'm always like, let's do it now. Let's not do it later. You know what I'm saying? Today is the day of salvation. That's my heart. And I believe that's the heart of an evangelist, right? You need the, someone's got to catch the fish. Someone's got to clean the fish. And then, what do you got to do with the fish after you clean them? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You know what I'm saying? We don't, we don't eat them, right? We just... Uh, we we got to cook them first. We got to cook them first. <laughs> so the, anyway, so for me, I'm always, let's go. And then when I called them back and I said, hey, I know you've got 20 people slated to go with me in March. Uh, the dates have changed. Would you like to go with me in February? 17 ended up coming with me a month earlier, which is people weren't excited about travel. Yeah, so to me, done. that was the grace of God. Here's an open door. So the main thing is, I believe these last days, we are supposed to be sharing the gospel and not just sharing. I believe seek and save. We're supposed to be closing, asking people, you can be born again. What's to stop you from being born again? You know what it's like to be empty, and we have... the as I've been going through my Bible to turn over to my daughter while she's at, at university, um, I just keep seeing so many things in there where he said that your joy would be full and you would be satisfied. Amen. Well, hopefully this program has helped you and been a blessing to you. And, you know, here at Rama, we're bringing hope, hope help, and healing, healing to, to the, the world. world. God bless you guys. Take care. Have a wonderful day.